So after I did my prayers, Eric, I'm thinking, I got to read 30 minutes of the word. I haven't even started. I haven't read the Bible. I grabbed my New Testament. There was 240 pages, right? Divided by 30 is eight. If I read only four pages a day, I've read the entire New Testament back and forth in 30 days. Hi, I'm Eric Weir. Welcome to another episode of Stuttering Your Way to Success. There is no success without setback. And today I'm with my very special guest, Mark Cook. Mark is a chairman of Prelude Pictures. He did a famous movie called Lost in Space. And today he says he is saved by grace. So Mark, how are you today? And tell me what saved by grace means to you. I am blessed, my brother. I got it behind me. I stare at that every morning. Uh, Lost in Space, Saved by Grace, because... I was, and you've gotten to know me a little bit, you know, we're going to have some fun here today and get raw and real for the listeners because um, I was lost in space and uh, you know, all my worldly dreams came true. I was dabbling um, in the Hollywood A-League lifestyle, the parties, the drugs, all of it. Um, and my life was a mess. So mm. what I say now is right after lost in space came out, came out in 1997 and knocked Titanic out of first, set a record as the highest April opening. That's been shattered since, but you know, this is back in 98. And man, I had an ego the size of Manhattan because I, I, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the main thing is, is you know what they say? They say a man never becomes his own man or a real man until he loses his father, right? Well, my dad passed away when I was 26, he was 51. And we were really close and he was tough, you know, and uh, if he was alive, he'd have flown out there, grabbed me by the hair, yeah. and put a whooping on me, you know, a good old fashioned <laughs> whooping on me, but he would have hugged and loved me and cried with me because it would have hurt, hurt him more than it hurt me knowing the lifestyles. And so saved by graces, man, I just got supernaturally after Lost in Space came out, I had a second movie, Black Dog, with Patrick Swayze. It came out like only two weeks apart. And that was just fate because Lost in Space took 18 months to make. Black Dog was a, forgive me for saying it, but a stupid truck movie. We just wrecked every Peterbilt every way you can. <laughs> it took like 31 days to shoot it, you know. But, right. Well. So I had two in the top 10 at the same time. Money. Um all my worldly dreams came true. It was my dream to be a Hollywood producer, have a number one hit. And man, I was lost. I mm. found myself I was separated from my wife because she mm. couldn't bear me. I didn't like her. She, she did not like me. She hated me. Okay. Mm. And that's, that's a strong word. And uh, I was living, um, you know, not at my house. And, it, and God just, it was one morning. Um, I, I just, the, the Holy Spirit hit me. And, you know, they say for many are called, but few are chosen. Right. And I'm saying this humbly. I'm saying this humbly, man. I know I'm chosen to to share my testimony with my brothers mm -hmm. like you and stuff and saying, God just got a hold of me. And it was just over in my mind. Look at you. You're lost in space. You're losing mm -hmm. your family. Which car are you going to drive today? The Porsche? You know, the one that you love so much. Now you're just throwing McDonald bags after a three-day binger in it. You know, mm -hmm. all these old mm -hmm. I had every single thing, and and you've been there, that the world can offer. The money, we had a 7,000-square-foot house. 
um, I had it all and I was lost. And God just got a hold of my heart, man. It was like, boom, look at you. Your loss was based. Showed up in church the next day and big old NFL football player. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, big old ex-coach Tom right. Mullins from Christ Fellowship. Reminded me of my dad, man. You know, God right, knows right. how. God's seeking all of us and he knows how to get us, man. I showed up at that church and I had, I didn't have a golf ball. I had a softball. I had, I had so many demons and, you know, I, I'm one to say right away, demons, I had demons in me, strongholds. And there's, there's not enough pastors or churches that really talk about and prepare the men for the war that we're truly in. We are in a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, it's funny cause I'm just reading Mark. Now I give my first hour. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. I was reading Mark and th- 13 different times in, in Mark minimum 13. It says Jesus, a young woman came to him that her daughter had a demon. He cast out a demon, demon, mm-hmm. demon, demon. He spent 33% of his ministry casting out demons. Right. And so right. what do we think today? Really? Oh, they're gone. You know, they went over the cliff with the pigs. They're real. The war's real. And God saved me. So that church, that big old pastor came out. He looked right at me. And it's like, if you think you can continue to live in sin like this, you get a grip. Um, and here's the bottom line. And ended at this. It's awesome. God radically transformed my life mm-hmm. in that day. December, 1997, radically. And I went up to that altar and I said, I was so full of sin, Eric, so Mm. full of sin. You know, I said, Lord, I give you my life. Cleanse me, wash me with your blood. Forgive me of my sins. Change me, mold me, use me, make me the man you want me to be. I give you my life. And I really meant it. And we'll talk about a little bit later. When you really mean it, you better be prepared for the Holy Spirit plow to come in and say, okay, I've got some changes to make here. So, that was it. I, I re, uh, my wife was at that service. We cried. I wept, but there was this feeling like I've never experienced before and I'll never experience again because that, that day of salvation, when we first give our life to Jesus Christ, there's nothing like it. There's a freedom and a peace, but the war comes. So that's a quick, that's probably the quickest background of seven minutes I've ever given anybody. To, 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 to so there that's we are. Great. That's great. So how do you prepare yourself today? Oh, gosh. To enter the battle, so to speak. Yeah, man. That's the thing I want to talk about. Boom. Okay. The first hour. Unleash God's power. And what's cool about this, Eric, is A, I'm not an author. You know, I, I do a lot of men's breakfast and I say, author, speaker. I say, first of all, I'm not an author. And here's right. why guys love this book. It's not a book you read. It's a right, check off. Right, right. Okay? Checklist. It's, we love a checklist. A yeah, checklist stuff. But there's 18 prayers in the back that we'll talk about that radically changed my life. And what's important about this is I didn't wake up one morning in 2005 saying, I think I'm going to do a men's devotional. Right, okay? right. Because I, I, I was a mess when I wrote this. And, and to talk about that, right after I got saved and I, I got back with my wife, all hell broke loose, all hell broke loose. Within three months, we went from a 7,000 square foot house and literally I did, I had the Porsche, the Jag, the Rover, all of it. 
uh, oh, 1958 Rolex. I had a Rolex that matched my birth date, the gold one, the, oh, the Chanel. You, you can't buy enough stuff to fill that empty hole. No, no, that's a fact. You can't. You can't. No, no, it's true. It's true. So uh, within three months, a big lawsuit came down. Two of my stuntmen got blown up on Black Dog um, and, and were killed. And mm. uh, of course, the family is going to sue Universal Pictures. They're going to sue Prelude Pictures, my company, and they're going to sue me personally, like the Alec Baldwin thing. I'm mm -hmm. the producer. Yeah. And uh, I lost that in court, and I got a $42 million judgment put against me. Oh, my word. Judgment. Wow. Boom. So at that particular time. That this sounds like a lot, particularly in like $1990. Wait, hey, it's always cool when you go to try buy, hey, when you go and try to buy a car or something, they pull yeah, back then, yeah, they have the yeah, yeah. CBI, your, your credit came up, that machine would smoke, you know, like. Yeah, it's like, what's this 42 million? They had to say, is this a mistake? I mean, the reason was it was only 3 million, but it was 39 million in punitive damage because I didn't show up for court. Lesson to be learned, folks. Lesson to be learned. Do not get a default judgment. Go to court. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew I was going to lose. Okay. Right. And and I just didn't want to deal with it. You know, and, right. and but guess what? What's the difference between three million and, and thirty-nine or forty million? You know, a couple zeros. So here's my right. line. We lost everything. We went wow. from a 7,000 square foot house. Now, don't, don't forget, this is all three to five months after. Lord, use me, change me, mold me, make me the man you want to be. So now, as a baby Christian, you can only imagine, you're kind of going like, if this is what it's like to be a Christian, you're right. what, what am I, Job? I mean, you know what I mean? Right. But here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. God was doing something inside of me. The peace, the joy. I instantly quit drugs at that particular time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I quit hard liquor. My, my, my drink of choice was vodka tonics. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you something, brother, you get this personality going with about seven or eight vodka tonics in it and there ain't nothing good about it. Okay. Right, hey, right. I'm a little energized right now with Celsius, but the other right. stuff, man, look out. So, but here's the thing. There was something different in me. There was something different and, and yes, I'd fall into sin. And my sanctification walk was tough. And th this will tell you how I got through it. We'll close with that. But the difference was when I fell into sin, there was conviction. Because you see, I was a professional liar. Professional. Because the enemy's a liar. The enemy comes in our life to steal, kill, destroy, conquer. Okay. And when you're living in sin and guys out there, I know there's some that are watching it. They're my Christian brothers. They're living in sin, whether it's pornography, whether it's an affair, okay, whether it's a two life, they're, they're doing it, okay. There's consequences to those sins, okay. There's made it, it what I realized is obedience equals blessings, disobedience equals discipline. So I was following the sun when I fell the sin, there's a conviction like I let God down, you know. It's like so I knew I was being changed, but as I kept walking. The battle was so intense because I'm losing everything. And, but here's what I realized, especially when I look back, here's what I realized that 700 square foot apart. So we went from a 7,000 square foot house to which car we're we going to drive today to a 700 square foot apartment that I had to have my sister co-sign on because my credit wasn't good. 
Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow. And they repossessed all the cars. I'm four months after having the biggest movie out in the world to live in an apartment with 700 square feet with no cars. They repossessed all the cars. Wow. So my father-in-law was generous. He gave me a 1996 Ford Explorer with 346. It probably had 316,000 miles on it. You know, a little hint, a little god pal with torn seats and everything else. But I remember driving that thing because I wasn't dabbling in the drugs. I wasn't disappearing from home for three days. I remember driving that thing. There was a peace. There was a joy. And the bottom line was that 700 square foot house was more of a home than that 7,000 square foot house ever was. I didn't, right? even want to, I didn't even want to go home. And my mm. wife surely didn't want me home. You know, our bedroom was like 1,700 square feet. Jeez, and I, I look back now, I'm thinking, man, I had to get up to go to the bathroom and I had to walk 90 feet to go to the bathroom. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm, liking this, I'm liking this apartment, man. It's 10 feet from the door, you know? That's right. So, You're rolling now. <laughs> the reason I'm telling you all that, I gave my life to Christ, lost everything. As I look back, it was the Holy Spirit plow coming in because mm -hmm. God knew I meant it. When I said, mold me, change, Lord, I'm a sinner. Living in sin is especially when we're christians when we're not a christian sin is fun so right. here, here here's the key when you're not a christian you're not saved sin is fun mm -hmm. the manipulation life when you truly give your life to jesus christ okay sin becomes very convicting mm -hmm. and god's moving in you and you are going to get disciplined so mm -hmm. i here's the thing i'd be good for like six months no drinking this and that being real good Everything's going great. Starting to make a little money here. Dabble. To, we were rolling quarters to feed the kids. You know, honestly, it was that wow. bad. But the smile on my face because mm -hmm. I was living in obedience. You know, mm -hmm. this is good. Mm -hmm. And then I'd strike a big deal. I'll never forget the one time I had a big deal. And I closed the deal. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And I'm on my way home. Okay. And of course, I'm driving there. And what mm -hmm. do we got? The good old Lucy. Lucifer, I call, I call him Lucy. Right, okay? right. I didn't know about spiritual warfare. I didn't know about the armor of God. And that's what we'll talk about in the book. And it was systematically when I was driving home, I saw one of my old bars, my stomping grounds. And I went right in. I'm just going to have one. Mm. I'm just going to have one. Mm. Okay. Now this is after two years of my walk, struggling mm. up, down, falling mm. into sin, getting disciplined, covering it with the blood being good 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 falling into sin ne here's what's interesting whenever i fell into sin it was like the next day i'd get grounded right you, right. you see we can't hide anything from our father no and when, when we're in a process and we're really striving to be more like jesus there is consequences to sin mm -hmm. i just got tired of getting grounded and you right, know i was right, reading, right. I reading the other day and, and scripture said the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. You better believe it. I'm scared to death of my dad, man. Right, you, know, right, you think right. my earthly dad was tough? You know, you come to Hollywood and pull me out. My yeah. heavenly father says, I I grounded you for a year last time. Now it's three years. I, you just see it's uh, anger, but you know, he's doing it for our own good. So yeah. I had one heck of an up, down, up, down, up, down until this tool 
came to fruition that we can we can talk about whenever you're ready but i'm gonna let you ask me some questions i'm i'm rolling today man oh i love it i love it first hour so so why is the first hour important for you in setting the, the, the trajectory of your day okay and i believe this um it's interesting that when you're truly seeking god and you know the scriptures seek god first and all else will be given to you okay the most the only thing that we're allowed to test god on in the bible is tithing it's the only thing we're allowed to test him we're supposed to tithe the first fruits 10 percent of our income correct and you can't outgive god and let me tell you you and i both know that that's a that's a fact when you're giving and you're tithing, and you're being obedient i mean you might go through some financial discipline but you're, he's going to throw you manna throughout all that financial discipline you know, you can't outgive them. So it hit me. God always wakes me up three, four in the morning, 18 years ago, 2005. And that's what's crazy. The only reading you're going to do in here is the crazy eight pages in the beginning that tells the backstory, how God woke me up every single morning at exactly 5.55 AM. And I'll, I'm not going to give you a deal spoiler. There's a big significance to that time, 5.55. I didn't know it. So here we go. Boom. I wake up over and over my mind. Get up. Give me your first hour. Okay. 30 minutes of prayer, 30 minutes of reading my word. And this is how the Holy Spirit talks over and over my mind. Get up. Give me your first hour. Now, I'm not an early riser. Okay. But what hit me is at that particular time, I was tithing. I was tithing. Since so like, I want you to start tithing your time. And it was, it was just a strong presence saying, it's important. I'm proud of you. You've been tithing your resources, but you're my son. I want to spend time with you. You're giving me a quick rush now. I want you to give me the first fruits of your life. I want you to give me the first fruits of your day. And I'm thinking, wow. So it's really the first hour is tithing your time, giving God. You know, if you're given an hour, most of us work a, a 10 hour day. Not many people are like Eric, where that works 16 to 18. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Anyways, this is what happened. So I get up and here's how you know it's it, it, it's God, Eric, is I can promise you, I was a baby Christian at this time, it was in 2005, but the spiritual warfare was so intense. I'd always cry out to God in prayer saying, Lord, why am I doing the things I don't want to do? And why don't I do the things I do want to do? Like, like it's in Paul. I, I, help me, Lord. I can't break this stronghold. I can't do this. Help me with the thoughts, Lord. What's bothering me? Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. So it's probably right after that. Woke up at 5.55 a.m. And here's how you know it's God. Mark Cook wouldn't wake up at 5.55 a.m. and say, I think I'm going to do a men's devotional and I'm going to do 30 minutes of prayer. What the heck am I going to pray about for 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So long want, time. You're not used to it. That's right. I just want the viewers to know that this is 100% inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's not a book you read. It's something that I did. And it's interesting because, it, and the books are free. You get a free copy. We've given away about 450,000. My burden is to give away a million and then just go to the first hour.com and get a free book. That's okay? fantastic. So firsthour.com. Okay. The first hour.com. All they pay is the, the, the actual shipping, but for churches, we're sending out, I'm sending out 25,000 to 
Arizona, the Diamondback Stadium, I think it is, for Easter. And for churches, we'll give them. I'll even pay the shipping. So if there's if there's a pastor out there listening, you got five thousand men in your church. I will send you five thousand books on me. Period. I've got some partners and some great donors that have helped me purchase these books. So let's get into the book because this is this this fires me up. So I tried to go back to sleep, and I'm thinking, thirty minutes of prayer, thirty minutes of reading my word. What am I going to do? Try to go to sleep. Up. Oh, give me your first hour. I walk upstairs. Oh, we got the bulldog here coming at me. Yeah. I walk upstairs and I remember my desk is usually always cluttered with scripts and deals and, you know, just trying to stay alive. And I went, because oh, my desk was perfectly cleaned out. Nothing was on it. Jeez, there was only man. one book. There was only one book in the center of my desk. And that was a book about this thick that said prayers that avail much by Jermaine Copeland. Mm. And I opened them going, well, this is odd. See, see, God's got everything orchestrated. He knows, he knows the plan he has for us before we're even born. And it, it's such divine intervention. Cause I'm like, my desk is clean. God just woke me up saying, give me 30 minutes of prayer. Here's a prayer book that was given to my wife. It says, Stephanie, happy birthday. And it was from her friend. And obviously my wife figured, well, Mark could surely use this more than I do. Let me put it on his desk, you know? So, right, right. so Eric, here's where we really get into something really neat. Um, it's, it's so divine. I, op I open the book up. There's 286 pages and there's like 129 prayers. I'm thinking, well, this is easy. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to pick the prayers that I think are, pertain to me. And I'm going to take a yellow, little yellow sticky note and I'm going to put them in each prayer. And Lord, I'm going to time it. So I'm just going to pick the prayers. I, I, I think and I'm going 30 minutes. So the very first prayer, this is really important. The very first prayer is that came to mind is repent and ask for forgiveness. Cover your, your sins with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that was on page like 120. The second prayer was armor up, put on the full armor of God, page 62. Now I'm numbering these like first right. prayer, second prayer, because I, I wanted to do them in systematically order. Right. The third prayer was a fresh refilling of the Holy Spirit. Then there was 15 prayers after. I'm like, boom, time's up. Right. There was 18 right. prayers. Those 18 prayers are in this book, and they oh, are wow. in perfect. They're in perfect order. God first, family second, career third. But let's get into this. The first three prayers, Holy Spirit gave me this acronym a couple of years ago, saying "war, war, we're in a war." Hmm. Ephesians 6:11. Okay, for put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. If we mm. think about that, right. put on the full armor so that you will be able to stand up, which means what? If you don't put the armor on him, you won't be able to stand up to it. And where does he get you? Right here. Distractions, oh, yeah. thoughts, no depression, no anxiety, helmet. So long story short, war, war. Well, those, those acronyms are the first three prayers in this book. War. Mm. First prayer is wash yourself with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. W. Second prayer is armor up. A. Third prayer is a refilling of the Holy Spirit. I believe with all my heart that the first three prayers in this book are three keys to unlock powerful, effective prayer. Because you can pray all you want. There's plenty of scripture. If you got unforgiveness, but if you got sin in your life, God's ears are closed. Isaiah. Yeah. Each morning when you get up and you do this course, the first prayer is, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me for the sin of 
being on that website or Lord, forgive me for saying of over drinking, whatever the sin may be. And I, I physically wash myself. I said, take your blood, cleanse me, give me a fresh start today. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. And thank you, Lord, for absolving me of all my guilt. I get a fresh start today. I'm fresh. I'm new. Thank you. Okay. Then the second prayer, putting the full armor of God on, mm-hmm. I actually got a tattoo on my 60th birthday, Ephesians 6, 11. That's a whole it's other Israel. story. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other story. I didn't want it. But anyways, we, we all have another acronym. I, we all have a, a DNA in our, in our flesh and we're all different. Think about that. Whew, that's incredible. Everybody has a different DNA. And, and God laid in my heart, DNA, we all have a spiritual DNA, divine natural assignment or divine oh, natural. Mm-hmm. And, and I know for a fact, because the seventh prayer in this book is seeking God's wisdom and his perfect will. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you're reading these prayers first thing in the morning and you're praying them and you're asking God, show me your will, show me your will. He's made it clear to me. So my DNA is to speak to my brothers, like I'm telling you, and let mm-hmm. them know we're in a war. Okay. And we're getting slaughtered. And mm-hmm. are you going to go into a battle each and every day without putting your battle gear on? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, want, right. and I want to talk about the armor because it's crucial. Okay. It's the number one weapon that God has given us to fight the enemy. He can't steal your peace. He can't steal your joy. You got to give the enemy stuff. So that second prayer armor up. um, The very first thing is, Lord, I put on heavenly father. Thank you for your armor. I put on the belt of truth. Thank you that Satan cannot stand against the bold use of truth. Next, I physically do it, Eric. Next, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I embrace that righteousness, which is mine by faith in Jesus Christ. I know that Satan must retreat before mm-hmm. the righteousness of God. Satan, you must retreat before the righteousness of God. Third, I put on the boots of peace. I strap mine, man, and I claim the peace of God through justification. Mm-hmm. I receive the peace of God that touches my emotions and feelings through prayer and sanctification. Here's the biggie. Guys, game changer. I know that my mind... And my thoughts is the number one target against Satan's lying, cheating, deceiving, lustful, anxiety filled, mm-hmm. okay, joy robbing ways. I cover my mind with the powerful helmet of salvation. Father, make all of my thoughts agreeable to your will, your plans, your purposes. Protect my thoughts, Lord. I, I switched them because the shield of faith is supposed to go first, but mm-hmm. I'm not changing the Bible, but I'm thinking, how am I going to put a helmet on if I'm holding the shield? Right, right. There you go. There you go. There you go. So fifth, I lift up the shield of faith against all the blazing missiles that the enemy is going to fire at me today. And that is what? Distractions, anxiety, fear, worry, stress. Okay. I've got the shield of faith. And last but not least, I lift up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I choose to live in its truth and its power. Enable me to yield this sword well, to push Satan back, to defeat him. Help me keep all this armor well-oiled with prayer. All this I ask you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. So, Eric, and then lastly, Heavenly Father, it says in your word, R, refill. It says in your word, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask you? I ask you now in the name of Jesus for a fresh refilling of your Holy Spirit. I'm asking you for a triple anointing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, think about this. Every morning, those three prayers. I never, my foot doesn't hit the bedroom floor without doing it, especially the armor. Cause I got right slaughtered. Right. I got slaughtered 12 years ago when I forgot I'm marked. You're marked. You're marked. <laughs> okay. So think about this now every morning, 
These are three keys to unlock prayer. And every morning, not only are we righteous through Jesus Christ, but we're sinless. We're freshly bathed with the blood. We're sinless. We have authority and permission now to approach the throne of our Father. And I just talk to him like a damn like Daddy, Papa, Father. So not only are we righteous through Christ, but we're sinless. We've got the full arm of God on. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I go into, and then there's seven other steps. And here's what's cool, guys. You're going to love it. And here's the neat thing. Again, I didn't divine. This is something that God laid out in my heart. Got to get up the same time every morning. Number one, morning prayers, 30 minutes. So after I did my prayers, Eric, I'm thinking, I got to read 30 minutes of the word. I haven't even start. I haven't read the Bible. I grabbed my New Testament. There was 240 right. pages, right? Right. Divided by 30 is eight. If I read only four pages a day, I've read the entire New Testament back and forth in 30 days. That's I had time left over. I had time left over. I said, okay. Fifth, Proverbs. I said, well, there's 30 Proverbs. I'll just do a proverb, five minutes. I didn't find out there was 31 Proverbs until I was done with it. Okay. He's right. <laughs> That's and, right. So, six, listening to God. Four, work out 15 minutes. Five, return home the same time during his 30 days. Six, time with children. 30 minutes in bedtime prayer. Seven, here's the game changer. Time with wife. One hour and bedtime prayer, no cell phone, zip it, listen, boom. We've seen more marriages restored. Mm. I, we should do a whole other podcast about yeah, yeah. power in the hour with the wife. I mean, it's incredible. And with the children, another acumen, dad, dad, we got to be good dads. Okay. And Holy Spirit wakes me up. I got my little Holy Spirit bar. I always write them down. D-A-D. -D. All right. What are you trying to tell me? Dad. There's three types of dads. First one, dad. Drunk and disorderly. Okay. Mm. Second, second one, which a lot of Christians fall into. Distracted and disengaged. Mm. A lot of dads out there thinking, oh, I got to do this. I'm working for the family. I'm doing this. I'm being a great dad. I'm providing. I'm this and that. How do you spell love? T-I-M-E, time, okay? The third dad, which I strive for, is doing above duty, okay? There you go. As a dad, as a father. You know, Eric, like you, man, when, when the stress has hit us and stuff, and and, and if, if it's a deal gone south, it's a bad thing, you're coming home, and your 10-year-old kid wants to play, like, hey, dad! And, man, you've just been beat down. It's like, son, I'm sorry, can we do that this weekend? I just had this conversation with, with my son, Blake. I've got a grandson that's 11 and a, a granddaughter that's eight. And he's like, man, I come home. I'm tired and Carter, we got to go football. We're going to do this. I said, stop right there. If you have to fake it, take acting lessons. If you have to yeah. right. drive around the, block, drive around the block three times. Like it's Jericho seven. If you have to, before you right. walk in the house and fake it. When you walk in that house, you leave everything else and you fake it no matter how tired you are. Okay. You go, Hey, shooter. You hug on that boy. You love on that boy. And the first thing he's going to ask is, you want to play? But normally you're saying, Oh son, I'm too tired. This now you know, you said you want to play. Yeah, man. But I only got about 20 minutes to 30 minutes today. Cause I got a meeting, but yeah, let's do it. That's a game changer. Right. That right, is right. a game changer. Right. And you know what? Sometimes you got to fake that. Like, oh, God, right. give me the strength to walk in there and play football or a video game. Or right. Whatever they're playing. right. 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 Do this, but it's impactful. It's impactful. So seven powerful steps. 
You can't spend an hour a day with God, tithe your time, without him showing up. You can't. And you can see with a lot of channeling on, there's nothing. The enemy's a joy robber. Joy robber. He's stealing my joy. You know, I've lost so many friends. And here's another one. I said, don't complain. You could be in Ukraine. The world's a mess. It's a mess. So, but this is a game changer. My burden is to give away a million books because I firmly believe this. If you heal the man, he can heal the family. The family can heal the nation. It's all about us men. And and Eric, in closing, if they go to thefirsthour.com as well, my testimony is on there. And it'll show my son, who's the NASCAR driver, my grandson. And it'll give you the blood and guts of when I lost everything. But it'll also show you that what I'm telling you right now is verifiable and, and viable, which means heal the man, heal the family, heal the nation. Because my son says, my son steals the show, then my grandson really steals it. Okay? But right, my right, son's right. Remember my dad not being around much, but he'd always come over weekend. But I know this: I was twelve when God got a hold of my dad's heart, and I seen a drastic change in him. And if I didn't see that change and impacted me, I'd probably be a NASCAR driver, um, but I wouldn't be driving like the I Am Second Car, Compassion International, and God Speaks, and and then when I'm driving secular cars like Leaf Filter and all these, I wouldn't be out at churches with my buddies Trevor Bain and Michael McDowell giving our testimony, preaching the gospel, serving God, I'd probably be driving for, I don't want to mention any names, get myself in trouble, but like, right, you know, right. some hardcore liquor and, and soft uh, sexual thing like Hooters or something. You know what I mean? So my point is it radically transformed. It's a really neat video watch. Promise Keepers did it. Um, it's called Lost in Space, Saved by Grace. But in closing, unless you want to keep going, um, and then I want to do a reverse. I want to podcast you. We, we have to do this again because yeah, man, I, I, I tell everybody, I got two spiritual gifts. One is the gift of discernment and that one's a gift of yak. So <laughs> I, I, I love, I want you to make a commitment to your audience to look, reverse these roles because your story's there and I'll get to ask some questions and let you rock and roll. Is that a deal? That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I want to be your host. I want to be on the Eric Stutter show. Now I want to be the host. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. We can do it okay. anytime you want. In, in closing, if you were to give advice to the younger Mark Cook, Ooh. what would you tell the young Mark Cook? That'd take about two and a half hours, but here's the biggest one I'd do. I'm going to hit you with an acronym again. I got seven of them that God always gives me. This one was HAT. H-A-T. God woke me up, said, love spending time with you. Proud of your tithing time. But from now, I want you to put your hat on every day when you leave the house. I'm like, hat? I wrote it down, H-I-T. I want you to be humble, authentic, and truthful in all that you say and do. That's and, you know, I'm having my Holy Spirit moment. God said, I'm humble, Lord. How much more humble? I'm authentic. And I, I, I really don't lie. I'm like, you're a sugar coater. It's like the Holy Spirit's telling me. You're a sugar <laughs> You're a sugar coater and a white liar. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, not really, you know. And the test I've had of that is a whole podcast. It's true. I would tell the younger Mark Cook, put your hat on. Wear your, wear your hat, bro. Be humble, be authentic, and be truthful in all that you say and do. And that's from me being late on a podcast with you. Me calling you say, oh, Eric, sorry, I'm late. I had to get my wife up there making those excuses. Not true. I just woke up late. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> right, it's, about, right, right, right. it's about speaking truly, dealing truly, and living truly in all that you say and do. And right. unfortunately, I was I was a professional liar because sin comes along with lies and and manip- I always ha- I, I I believe I always had a really really good heart, but I never I, I want to take sh- don't take shortcuts either. Work it, work your life. So I tell Mark Cook, I want you to speak the truth and all that you say to be humble and help people. That's good. Well, thank you. You hear this bulldog barking and everything? I hear the bulldog. Yeah. He's, he wants to be rich. He's like, yeah. Like, yeah. This cat, <laughs> like, this cat wants, he's on my, I, I got messed up a little bit. He's asking oh, you to play right he's now. He's got a phone. He's hitting me. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I told you it's going to be raw and real, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for, for, for joining me today on Studying Your Way to Success with my special guest, Mark Cook. There is no success without setback. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Great. Th- great. Thank you so much. Bless you. All right, you bet.